episode 165 of the Bevan James Isle Show, learning consistency and protecting your tools. Radio team, welcome along to episode 165 of the Bevan James. I'll show you a fortnightly podcast on the behaviours that create a lifetime love of exercise so that you can get all the benefits that come alongside it. It's the Bevan Show. It's the one where I just talk to you for about 45 minutes to an hour. I, told, I always try to hit 40. That's you know, that's the minimum standard in this show. Sometimes I'm a little bit under and sometimes I'm over. Often when I've got guests, I'm a little bit over that, but it's kind of Kind of, you know, if I'm under 40, I think oh, maybe I need to bring a bit more content into this. Uh, welcome along to today's show. Today's show, I'm, I'm in the main segment or the main gist of today's show, is what I say. In the main gist of today's show, I'm going to be kind of covering two areas that have come up recently in some of the people I work with and some people I kind of coach for running uh, that I just kind of thought would be some couple little good lessons that maybe we could apply to your own life. That's kind of cool. Uh, before I get into the main gist of the show, but one thing I've been talking about recently on the show, uh, before I get into the main gist of the show, is that uh, my journey into weights training. And I think, you know, I've been talking just kind of in these early parts of the show, just to kind of talk about my journey of going into a site, an exercise that I haven't been that successful for in the last 10 years. Cardiovascular wise, I kick butt. Running, cardio, anything endurance wise, I kick butt. Teaching classes at the gym, I kick butt. But the weights room has always been the thing that I kind of should do but don't do. And uh, the, earlier this year, I set the goal of getting into weights. My first period of time was just about being consistent for about three months. I, I managed to nail that. I didn't miss one session three times a week. And I've talked about how I got that over the last period of time. So if you haven't listened to the previous episodes, um, go back and listen to them. There's some good little tips in there. And now I know a lot of people may be listening to this and think, well, Bevan, you've always exercised. You know, you don't find it hard. But this has actually been a really good journey for me because this is not an area that I have been successful with in the last period of time. Like, And when I think about the last 10 years, there have been times when I've gone back to the weights room for a couple of weeks and never really committed or achieved anything with the intention that I started with. So, um, you know, again, while I am someone who's, you know, really good at exercise, it is just there's some good little lessons in there. And last time I talked about how in the next moment I want to get a training partner. And so one thing I did is just at the gym on our Facebook page for the staff members, I just put on the Facebook page, is anyone interested in becoming a training partner? And actually one of the other instructors actually contacted me and said, look, I'm really keen to get on board. And uh, this is an instructor by the name of Suli. I've actually interviewed him in the past. And uh, we've just started training together in the last week and a half, and it's been really good. Because I think the thing I talked about in the last episode was that my first objective in getting into exercise in the weights room was consistency, just to turn up every time for three months. Now, I had some great days of training there, and then I had some days where I, you know, I just got through the session. But one of the things I wanted to get to is you know, because I want to, I want to kind of get stronger. I do want to put a bit of muscle mass on. I've, I'm a bit too lean as I get older. I want to get a bit more muscle to support my body as I get older. Not hugely, three kg at max, um, but you know, just a little bit of muscle mass. And so, you know, the type of training that I was doing wasn't really going to get the results that I wanted. So the next step in this journey was to get a training partner, and that's when Suli came on board. And we've only done maybe four sessions together at this stage. 
but you instantly see the benefit of having a training partner. Now, A, there's a commitment, and admittedly, the commitment isn't something that I struggle with a lot. I've been, you know, pretty good at being consistent at turning up. But there is just this thing about when you've got a training partner, Sully and I, um, you know, we, we train. We, when we're there, I've, in these last three sessions, or last four sessions, I've trained you know, pretty much harder than any of the sessions I did in the three months leading up to this. And I may have had one or two sessions in the three months leading up to this where, you know, I pushed, you know, I had a good session, but I didn't do that consistently every time. But pretty much every session I've done with Sully so far, I've definitely trained to an intensity that A, I'm, I've got that DOMS effect for the next couple of days. So physically I'm feeling that I'm actually making some change, B, I'm mentally challenged, C, I have a spotting partner there who can keep me responsible, responsible to good movement patterns and so on and so on. So I just wanted to share this with you because, I, you know, like if by the end of this year I hope to have achieved the kind of results that I desire with this and I want to have weights as a part of my exercise journey um, and I just wanted to share this step and it's, you know, I kind of knew getting a training partner would help me find that next level but when you're in it, you really realize how much that next level that is. And maybe maybe actually what I'll do as an episode is what it takes to be a good training buddy as, a, as an exerciser. Because to me, there's some really important things that you need when it comes to choosing a training partner. Actually, I could touch on a couple of things right now. So first of all, I think the first thing you need to do is you need to find someone with the same kind of attitude towards exercise with you. When it comes to getting a training partner, I don't know if it's a good idea to be the person who's trying to motivate somebody else a lot. Um, now, that's not that you can't have that role in your life. Like, there's a guy at the gym, uh, this Mouldy guy at the gym, he's the loveliest guy, and on the weekend, he gets all the people in his life who don't exercise with him, and he takes them for the walk up, there's a big steep walk in Christchurch called the Bridal Path, it's a really challenging walk, probably takes an hour to an hour and a half, and every every weekend, he gets all his people who aren't really exercises people, and he gets them there, and he takes them for this walk. Now, that's a really nice person doing something that's trying to get people into exercise, I don't think for him it's that challenging. He's quite a fit man. Uh, you know, it's not really going to push him that hard. So his role in that is to inspire people into exercise. Now, with a training partner, I don't necessarily know if that's a good idea because what you want in a training partner is somebody who has the same level of intention and, and similar exercise ability as well. And with, what I talk about intention is, to me, one of the things a training partner can do is they help you always keep to a high level. And one of the unwritten rules I always try to have with my training partners is that I'm not going to let you off the hook. Like I'm not going to give you the easy option when I'm training with you. And the reason this kind of intent behind me being your training partner is important is I need you to do the same to me. And I know that if, you know, if two reps to go, I kind of let you off the hook, you're not going to, you'll probably let me off the hook at two reps to go as well. Whereas if I know if two reps to go, I say, no, come on, push through and, and really challenge you to go to that next level, I know you're going to do that for me. So my intention behind this is a lot different than, you know, when you're just trying to support somebody. So often when you're trying to just support somebody into exercise, half your job is just getting them to turn up. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. And that's actually an important role for you to bring somebody into exercise. But when it comes to a training partner, 
you want to have someone who has a similar intent with exercise with you. And that can be something that you could even think about when you're having a discussion with them about being a training partner. Like I know in the years, I've, I, had a, I had a great training partner for many years when I first did weights when I was younger, a guy called Jay McLean. And Jay, Jay and I, we just we just trained so well together because we just never let each other off the hook. We turned up every day, you know, there's never, the, oh, I'm not going to be there tomorrow. We just knew that we were accountable to each other. And so when you're choosing a training partner, try to choose somebody that you know will be consistent and accountable. So if you say you're going to be there at 11 on a Monday, you're going to be there at 11 on a Monday. You know, not, oh, you know, I couldn't make it this week or an early morning session. I couldn't make it because I was feeling tired. It, it just makes it so much less successful if you have to motivate and inspire those people. Now, again, you can choose a time in your life to motivate and inspire people in your life. But if you're trying to get your best exercise performance out, you want to get a training partner or a group that you know will be consistent. Like I think about my running group, you know, and this is actually about my running group, but in um, when we have our morning groups that run out now, we have a big hill repeat session. And one of the things is there's a group of about four guys every Wednesday morning who are kind of obviously meet where we meet. And I think they do it all year round, like six in the morning, 10 to six every Wednesday morning, they meet at the bottom of the hill and they go for a run. Now, every Wednesday morning, those four guys are there. I don't know them, but they just always turn up. Every time I've been there for the last 10 weeks, they're always there. They ought to always take off in their run. Now, that's a good training group because they know that they're going to turn off. And we've had some pretty bad weather days over, over winter, but these guys turn up. So you want to choose someone who you know is going to turn up, that your job's not necessary to motivate them to turn up. Your job is just to keep them accountable. Then secondly, you do want to have that kind of underwritten rules around how you're going to train together. Uh, and that, you know, that's that's a really important thing. And in the weights room, it's often quite easy, but it can also happen with runners as well. Well, not just runners, but all types of exercise. So kind of what's the culture, like I think of team sports, what's the team sport culture that we're going to have? And that's, you know, to me, culture represents what are the unwritten rules that we'll all sustain and maintain. And when we think about team sports, it's easy to understand like an All Blacks, which is a great rugby team, or, you know, some of the greatest sporting teams, they have this culture, this aura that, you know, these standards that they can maintain. But to me, that could be the same with two people in a weights room or four people in a group going for a run. And it's, you know, what are the unwritten rules that you guys want to know? And so pretty early on with Suli and I, and again, we're only four weeks into the workout, four, four sessions into our sessions, the unwritten rule is, we're going to not let each other off the hook. You know, this morning, like Sully and I were doing some weights and um, he was doing a chest press and he was really working hard and I didn't let off the hook. And then I was doing late, late pull downs and I was really struggling and he didn't let me off the hook. Now there's more rules and more standards that you need than just letting off the hook. But starting to understand what those philosophies are. You know, like one other thing is with Sully and I is that we're very supportive of each other. We really talk about our technique when we're doing our movements. You know, we're kind of pulling each other up when we're not getting our technique right. So it's just these little things that help us perform at a higher level. And that's what we want to think about when we're, when we're doing this is we want to think about what's the philosophy and what's the kind of the rules that help us perform at a higher level. There's probably some other things, but those are two good places to start. You know, if you can get these things in place, there's a higher chance, A, you'll perform at a higher level, B, you'll be consistent, and C, you'll get better results. And, and also, enjoy it more. Because as much as I was consistent over the last three months, I don't know if I loved weights yet. 
You know, like I knew I wanted to get into weights because I feel it's a good thing for my longevity of my body. Um, And I'm definitely feeling the benefits of that. But I was never that excited about doing weights. Whereas running and cardio and classes, I can get really excited about it. But I just knew, stick with it because I want the benefits. But then now that I'm training with Suli, like I had a session this morning and there was a bit where I had to push really hard. and And I had that moment where I was like, yeah, you've got it. You know, that yeah, you've got it moment. And so now I'm getting to that place where I'm actually really enjoying weights. And because I'm working a little bit harder, I've got that, that soreness you have the next couple of days afterwards. And it's that real rewarding of, you know what, you've worked hard, Bev. You know, so you perform better, you're more consistent, and you actually tend to enjoy the exercise a lot more. So in my exercise journey of getting into the weights training, I just wanted to share this with you. And, and hopefully there's just some good things to think about there. To me, having a good training partner or a good group is one of the keys to high performance. It really is. There's not many athletes who do it all by themselves all the time. There are exceptions, don't get me wrong. But most athletes who perform at the highest level have a group of people who support and guide them along their way. And that's what a big part of this is. So in the movement you're doing right now, think about that. How do you make sure that you're using other people to help yourself be better? And to really make that division between me inspiring others or helping lift others up but me actually getting someone who's of similar ability that we're going to lift each other up together because if you're trying to motivate somebody just to turn up they can actually pull you down and that's what you don't want from a training partner so hopefully some good insight in there for you um, I just want to say before I get into the main gist of today's show I just want to say a big thank you to all the patrons of the show and I have got a new patron this week and it's Jaron Beckett and Jaron Beckett is actually a man that I know he comes to the gym and the thing about Jaron is he's just very I love energies of people not that I'm, I'm a happy about this stuff although maybe it's not happy-ish but um, Jaron just has this really kind of calm aura about him so when I thought of his nickname, I thought Cool, Calm, Collected, Jaron Becker. You could almost call him Triple C as well. Triple C, Cool, Calm, Collected, Jaron Becker. Because he's just, I don't know, there's just a nice energy about him that's really cool, calm, and collective. So Jaron, that is your nickname. Thank you for being a patron of the show. It really does mean a lot to me. And if you want to become a patron of the show, it's really easy. Go to bevanjamesisles.com. You can go down to the front of the main page, just say support me, or you can go to the podcast section, you'll see my link to Patreon. And just click on that, and it will take you through to Patreon. And you just basically, you donate as little, little or as much as you want for each show. And each time I release a show, that donation comes through. When you become a patron of the Bevan James Isle Show, you also get a cool nickname. And these are some other people. We've got Poel, the mystery. We've got Karina, a lifting higher Kirschman. We've got Rosa, a deeper level Scott. We've got Scott. Lead Belly McMillan, and we've got Charlotte, music to the world bell. These are all people who support the Bevan James Isles show, so thank you so much. It really does make a massive difference. So anyway, I'm going to jump into the main gist of the show. Here's some music. Let's get into it. I was coaching one of my runners the other day. Um, a runner who's been running for a long time is a very successful runner. Um, his achieves big goals, as tough as nails, man. This person knows how to, to really how to work hard when they're exercising and just has a lot of great attributes as an athlete um, that makes them perform really well. They're a pretty consistent performer as in regards to, to me, being a consistent performer is do you deliver to the level that your training says you possibly can? 
you know, like on a race day, do you actually get pretty much within a range of, you know, what your physical ability and your training says that you should? Because there's a lot of people who set goals for themselves who aren't really based on their, their ability or the training that they've done. And so, A, they often don't do that well because the goals just pulled out of nowhere. And then you get a lot of people who just don't know how to perform on the day. And to me, as an athlete, the thing we want to aim for is, A, nail your training because that gives you the best chance of success on the day. And that's all forms of training. You know, that's do your taper well. That's, you know, when you hit your objectives of your session, all of these types of things. But then B is how to put it together on the day. And for a lot of people, there's a lot of people who have done a lot of races and actually haven't had that many great races. And we go back to that kind of my definition of success as an athlete is that you deliver pretty close to the best that you could do based on your ability and training and form. Well, this person is a good representation of that. Also for this person, running's a big part of their life. You know, when you, you know, this person does marathons, so they've always got, you know, big races in their year. So when you have a, a hobby like running, which is very time demanding, very energy demanding, but also lots of benefits, um, it's, 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 a, it's a really big part of your life. And one of the, the great things about that is, for this person, running is a thing that adds so much value. Now we can talk about the physical values, the endorphin highs, and we can talk about, you know, the, the, the goal achievement, we can talk about the physical benefits of it. But one of the benefits of running, and, and this is for all types of exercise, is just, it's a really good place for your mental health. It's a really, really good place for your mental health. And actually, exercises, and actually I'll share an example of myself. In this last week, I've had some stuff in life which has been consuming for me um a couple of nights where i stayed up all night worrying about something a couple of nights you know, you know when you have those repeat thoughts where you can't kind of get them out of your head uh a little bit of, you know i think back to my johan harry interview it's, it's a little bit of a kind of an insecure future kind of concern that i have so this insecure future concern is one thing that's been on my mind recently now deep down i know i'm going to work through this but in, this, in the last four or five days, it's been something that's kind of been on my mind. And going back to doing weights of early this morning, I, I did I did a rep, I did a set where I just I worked really hard. And um, and at the end of it, I just had this moment of, Bev, you're gonna be right. You know, you're gonna be right. You've I know there was this kind of dissolving of the future worry that I've had in the last period of time. Now. That wasn't why I was doing weights today. I was doing weights today because I'm trying to get stronger and all that stuff I talked about earlier in the show. But exercise can do that for you. When you've got stress in your life, somehow, for some reason, exercise can just help you remove those stresses. And when we think about mental health, we all know that exercise is just a great remedy for mental health. So going back to this lady that I was talking about before, she uh, has had a very tough time in her life recently, and it's a tough time not by her own fault, uh, but basically she had to lead some disappointment in other people's life because of a role that she has in her life. So she had to let a lot of people down because of a certain role in her life. And um, no one wants to let anybody down. And it must suck when it's not necessarily that you want to do it, you just have to do something because it's your role. And for this person... That's what they've had to go through. So it's been in a really a challenging time. And it's one thing that's interesting. I don't want to go into too much detail because this is this person's kind of life. So, But it's really interesting when we think about it. 
not many people can handle confrontation. Not many people can handle confrontation. Not many people can handle, not confrontation like isn't just yelling at people, but telling somebody the hard thing. You know, most of us, and I'm guilty of this, most of us avoid the hard thing because we don't want to let people down. We don't want to hurt people's feelings. We don't want to, you know, we want them to like us. We don't want to be rejected ourselves. We don't want to have to deal with the energy that they're angry at us. You know, confrontation is really hard, especially if you're going to let people down. Now, so I just want you to imagine what it's like to be in that place. Now, let's say you're in a situation where you have to let a few people down in your life. I imagine you're going to be in a pretty, it's going to be pretty consuming. And for my my runner that I'm talking about today, they knew that they had this moment coming up where they had to deal with a lot of this. And so they were in a pretty, pretty tough place within themselves. Totally understandable. You know, like, I get it. If I had to tell some people in my life that, you know, some big news that was going to be challenging for them or, or let them down, it would consume me. It would consume me big time. Now, I knew this was a situation with this runner because we've got a pretty good relationship and they talked to me about it. And so I was, I was coaching this runner a few weeks ago and I was going up to them and they were having a bad run. Now, one of the things about being an athlete is you know that some days you're going to have crap days, some days you're going to have blinders, and some days you're going to have your stock standard day. Now, you're trying to obviously influence the amount of bad days you have, but it's just a part of the journey. But on this day, this runner was having a bad run day. I also knew, because we've got a good relationship and they've been open and honest with me, that the stuff that they were dealing with around this other area was really consuming them in their life right now. And as we were kind of, as I was, I bike, I, I'm on the bike when I'm coaching my runners so I can get around more runners. So as I kind of pull up to this runner, I just kind of say, how are you going? And they said, oh, you know, they just implied that they were having a really tough day off their run. And ultimately it was maybe adding to, well, this is at least my sense of it. They were, it was adding to the emotional challenging place they were in right now. It was adding to the emotional challenging place they were in right now. I've got this big thing I'm going to have to deal with. It's overwhelmed me because it's kind of tough for me. Now I'm going for a run, a thing that's normally really good in my life, and I'm having a bad run. And so in many ways, it's it's another thing that's piling on top of a big thing that's already there. Now, as a coach, my job is to help people. Now, when we think about running, I do a lot of helping runners with their running, but actually... When I get my little bit of one-on-one time for each person I coach, I always try to think about the person. I'm trying to think about what do they need from me right now. Now, sometimes it's going to be lift your chest up because you're bending over when you're running. Sometimes it needs to be, you know, pick your game up because you're not running fast enough. But sometimes it's just to help them figure out some life stuff. Like I remember I was speaking to another runner recently and they just weren't sleeping. And so we just worked on some stuff about what do you need to do to get back to sleeping. And we 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 talked about some tools. And then last weekend they came up to me and said, Bev, those tools work really well. I'm sleeping really well again. So to me, that's how I see my job. And in this moment with Miss Runner who had some big stuff they had to deal with with people, which was very life demanding, and then was having a bad run, which was then adding to that, I knew that my job was to help them get to a better place. And to me, one of the things that I understood instantly was that she, she needed to shift the purpose of that day's run. Because the problem right now in this person's life was they were in a very, very emotionally challenging place. And 
an emotionally intelligent place that everybody would be. You know, they weren't being irrational. Anybody in this situation would be really struggling. So when we think about running in this person's life, and we think about exercises mental health, in this place, what she needed from running was just a, a time for her just to deal with stress. But kind of like me doing weights of Suli today, when I when I was pushing that weight out, and I had that kind of that, that kind of explosion or that release of the stress that I've been in the last few days. That's what this person needed. They didn't need to be feeling bad about their run because they weren't having a great run. They probably I don't know, but they probably weren't having a great run because they probably weren't sleeping that well because they were a little bit overwhelmed with everything that was happening. So it was maybe understandable why they weren't having a great run on this day. But the problem was was. Running is a really important tool for this person's mental mental health. And in this moment, because she was judging running, she wasn't actually getting what she needs from running. She was actually adding to the stress that she was having in her life. And so one thing I want to, why, why am I sharing this with you? We, we all have tools in our life. And if you've listened to my show for a long time, you know I'm a big believer in tools, that really our job is to put tools in place. And sometimes our tools can be things we're trying to get better at. I'm a good example of that. I play piano in many ways as a creative outlet, in many ways is to develop myself, in many ways to kind of get better. I've spent a lot of time trying to get better at the piano. But sometimes it's just because I needed an offload. Like if I had a big day, I just want to jump on the piano and make some music and feel some emotion and you know let myself offload. If, if, if on a day when I really need that mental offload, if I try to practice a really hard piece and then I fail, then that can add to that, that sense of the stress that I'm feeling. Whereas if I can see that right now, all I need to do is put tools in my life that are going to help me deal with the mental side that I'm struggling with right now, the stress that I'm struggling with right now, then I can jump on the piano, just play some songs, and even just say, see what emotional range you can do when you're playing your piano today. And that's what my advice to this runner was. It was like, okay, well, you're not having a good run today, but actually maybe that's not the point of running today. Maybe your point of running today is to allow yourself just to, some time away from the, the, the headspace you have to work through in the other area of your life right now. Like we're up on this beautiful hill, this beautiful view, beautiful morning. I was like, maybe today it's just about enjoying running and seeing running as an offload for what you have to work through. And so I really encourage this runner just to kind of go, do you know what? Don't even worry about the run today. The purpose of today's run is just an offload. Now, you could see instantly once we'd had this discussion, there was just a release that went through with this runner. You could see that it just took a lot of pressure off themselves. And you could see that by doing that, it allowed them to get to a place where they could actually get the value that they needed out of that activity right then. And actually, they actually sent me an email later on that day just saying, thank you, it really helped me work through, you know, and get through what I needed through this. And so why am I sharing this with you? Well, there are sometimes activities in our lives, like I was talking about my piano, where we do want to do really well at them. And at times they do create some pressure, and, and it's a good pressure, and it's a pressure that we really need. But they also offer other things in our life that are also really valuable. So that it can offer that mental release that we talked about there. As I talk about this, what are those things for you? Like for me, it's my meditation. For me, it's my piano. For me, it's exercise. You know, for me, it's writing my journal. It's these little things that sometimes, 
you know, there are tools for offload. But they also could offer areas of growth like piano and, and exercise for me. At times, we need to identify when, when the need of that thing is actually different to maybe what we normally want from it. For example, going back to this lady I was talking about, when she woke up that morning, she knew she was probably pretty overwhelmed with everything that was happening in her life. And maybe the best thing she could have done for it, now I helped her get there, but maybe the thing she needs to identify was today's not the day that running's about growth. Today is not the day where running is about trying to get as fast or you know comparing myself to my other runners in my group. Today is the day where I run just to forget everything else in life. At times we need to identify when we need that place in ourselves. So that the activities we have in our life that do offer growth and all the other things can offer the right thing at the right moment. Because I know this person as they get through this time is going to get back to pushing themselves hard, killing themselves in the session. That's not a problem. But in that moment, the need was different. And so what I want you to start to identify is first is what are those areas that can offer multi-dimensions to your life? Like results, like growth, like, you know, like I'm doing my weights training right now. But it could also offer other value like mental health tools. And then to identify those moments in your life when you actually need it for the mental health side of it. When, you know what, going for runs really not about anything else other than just allowing myself a space away from where my head's been. Like again, me this morning doing that last, you know, that reps where I pushed through. I was like, don't give up, I was, don't give up. And it was this kind of diminished moment. That's... That, that was the value of that. Because then if you can go into it, then you can get the value from it. And the unfortunate, what could have been unfortunate for my runner was, ultimately, if I hadn't have come along, they would have got home from their run and just felt more stressed and more bad about their situation and maybe about themselves. By me coming along and helping them figure out, just say, actually, maybe today's run is just about mental health, they got what they needed. They probably were able to process the other things in their lives really well. And that helped them be successful. So I want you to think about in your life, what are those tools that, you know, do have a multi-dimensional approach or benefit to you? And with those tools, when can you start to identify that you need them for just for your mental health? And then when you do identify that, so that's probably, you know, you're not going to know that beforehand, but you might have just had a really bad day at work, you might have an argument in a relationship, you might have had some disappointing news, something might have gone wrong somewhere in your life, that's, that's, that's when, isn't it? I need to go for a run right now, I don't need to go run to make sure I do my 5k PB, I need to go run just to, just to let myself deal with this moment. So, so important. These tools are great tools to look after your mental health. But only if we can see that we, that we need them and, the, and we allow ourselves to get the benefit from them at that time. So, yeah, think about that in your life. What are, what are my areas? When can I need them? And then probably lastly, how do I give myself permission just to do that? And what I mean here is, is that, you know, don't put pressure on the, the, the performance. Just remember it's, it's okay for me today just to get what I need from this mentally. Okay. I, do you believe... That in the times when you're most stressed, and you know, like my runner, and, and it was actually no fault of their own, it was just life situation that was really tough. If you were to identify that actually going to one of my tools and just seeing it as the only point of it today is just for a mental offload, do you think that would help you deal with the stresses of your life a little bit better? 
The answer is kind of obvious, isn't it? So learn from this and catch those moments when you do that because if you can and you can get your, you know, these the, these moments after the run when you've kind of allowed yourself to have mental release allows you to get to a better place to deal with what you really need to deal with. So so hopefully there's something there and there for you. A second thing I want to talk about today is learned consistency. I spoke to this lady yesterday actually. I was talking to this lady who's thinking about joining my running group, my beginner running group, get up to five. And... Uh, she was kind of saying, I'm a yo-yo person. I'm a yo-yo person. It was, and I've heard this a lot over my years. When I'm on, I am on. Like when I'm on, nothing's going to stop me. I'm like a tidal wave and I'm on fire. You know, can you imagine a firing flames of tidal wave? <laughs> like that, that destroys everything in front of it. And, and then she said, but then I have moments when I'm like a still river you know, like, or still bloody lake, you know, like I'm, I'm, there's nothing happening. And so I go from this one thing to the next thing and this one thing. And so I have these moments of feeling really great and achieving a lot and on top of it. And then something happens and then I just kind of sit for a period of time and I'm kind of disappointed and I, and I wish I was doing more. And, um, and then something happens, I switch back on and now I'm back to the flaming tidal wave. And it was an interesting thing to think about. And one thing I, I've talked about a lot in this show is that if we want to be successful in anything in life, the, the thing is we've got to figure out the, the actions and behaviours to help us be successful, but then once we've figured those out, we need to be consistent. And one thing I talked about with this lady was this idea of, well, it seems to me that your biggest problem is consistency. Like, you're a yo-yo, so when you're on fire, you're killing things, but then when you go off that track, you really go to kind of zilch. And so really what we want to try to figure out is how do you be consistent? And I kind of, you know, I asked the question, if um, if you felt you could be consistent all the time at the right level, do you think you'd be more successful? And again, the answer is kind of obviously yes. So I kind of threw that at her and uh, she said yes. And so then I, then I thought about another one of my clients I'm working with right now. And, um, and I may have even said this on this podcast recently. One of the, I was having a conversation with this client, and this client is a little bit like the lady I talked about on the phone. Has moments of being in a really good place, and then has moments where all over the, not all over the place, but just not on track. You may be listening to this right now and thinking, Bev, you're speaking to me. Like, man, I have moments when I'm, I am that flaming tidal wave, and then I have moments where I'm like, oh man, I'm so disappointing because I'm not doing anything with my life. And so, when we, when we, when we, I was working with this client, and I said, do you know the one thing that consistency gives you? Consistency gives you trust. Consistency gives you trust. And what do I mean by that? I think of any year of my life where I've had behaviours that were about growing and develop me, developing me, and then when I've just been consistent with them. The one thing I get from that time and that, that consistency is trust. Like if I let's look at just look at basic exercise, when I consistently train for a long period of time and then turn up to a race I kind of trust I'm going to do all right like obviously some things I need to navigate in the race but if I do smart wise decisions in the race I trust that I can perform when I'm inconsistent I'm full of doubt when I think about finances you know one thing I've always done with my life is budgeting um, each week I, I've done budgeting and I've been consistent, I've budgeted every day since I've been 20, well not every day, every week since I've been 20, so for the last 22 years I've sat down for basically two hours a week and done a budget. And what does budgeting give me? 
It gives me trust. Consistently doing budgeting lets me know that, Bev, you're, you're, you're on the right track. Everything's going in the right direction. When I'm un- If I were inconsistent with money, I'd probably have doubt. I'd probably have worry. So one of the things that consistency gives is, is often trust. Now, it gives results and all the other things as well. So I was talking to my client about this, and, and I said to her, I, w- I want to lay a challenge on for you. And one thing we've learned with this client is if they write a morning list, they just tend to perform better in their day. Um, so we've learned that you know one of the tools that they want to do is um, that daily list. Now, going back to that kind of yo-yo, there's been times when this client's been really good at doing the list. And the flow and effect is really great. They they live their day better in the ways that they want to live their day better. And then there's times when the list kind of falls off the back of the wagon and, and the flow and effect is they don't live their day so well. So I sat down with this client and I said to her, why don't we make a period of time where all you're actually trying to focus on is consistency? That your goal is consistency and, and we're not even going to measure the outcome that that we know that if you are consistent with the behavior we're going to set in place uh, we know that you are probably going to be a better outcome but we don't, we're not actually concerned about that what we want you to do because there's kind of a trend in this person's life lots lots of areas not just less but lots of areas where they'd be good for a moment they'd be the yo-yo they'd be good for a moment and then they'd kind of fall off the wagon so we kind of said for the next three months, we want to give you one area of your life where you're going to learn consistency. And we went with writing a list. So what we said is you have to write a list each morning for the next three months. And and you've got to email it to me. So each morning I get an email from this person just with their list. And I just say, well done, tick box, you know, you keep going. They've been doing it for about three weeks and they haven't missed a day yet. So they're on fire right now. They're really doing well. Um, now, by them writing this list, there's going to be a benefit. Because we know that when they write a list... They perform at a higher level. But one thing we we set out when we kind of put this challenge in place was that we don't actually care about the outcome in this moment. What we're trying to learn is how do you become consistent? So what, the whole point of this exercise is for you to practice consistency and for you to actually learn what it takes for you to be consistent for this three-month period. And it's been interesting. I haven't actually had another meeting with this client yet. I think we're catching up this week, so it'll be interesting to see what they, they, they're learning. But they're, they're doing it. They haven't missed a session, a list emailed to me in the last three weeks. And I imagine they're learning the tools of what it takes to be consistent. Now, if we can all agree that outcomes will come when I'm consistent with behaviors that are aligned in the right direction, but if I'm the yo-yo person, maybe you need to focus on this yourself. Like if you're listening to this and you're saying, Bevan, you're speaking to me, maybe this is an area that you need to focus on. Don't necessarily worry about the outcome, more focus on just learning how to be consistent. It's interesting, learning how to be consistent. So how would you go about doing this? Well, first of all, I would set some type of behavior. It might be to plan my lunch each day for the next three months. It might be to go for a walk. It might be to write a journal. It might be, um, I don't know, to help somebody else. I don't know, just, just a behavior. A behavior that, that you know, would have a benefit in your life that's good for you. But again, we're not going to really focus on the benefit at this stage. Then once you've found that behavior, your job is then to set a time frame. So I'm going to say three months. For the next three months, I'm going to try to do this behavior for the amount that it's meant to be done. So let's say it's work lunches. So for five days a week, I'm going to plan and make my work lunch before I go to work in the morning. Now, there's going to be benefits to this. Like let's say you are somebody who buys lunch often and sometimes you make lunch, sometimes you don't. But when you buy your lunch, you tend to 
make bad choices and, and eat a bigger volume. And then when you make your lunch, you tend to eat better portion size and you tend to eat better foods. Like the benefits will be obvious, but we're not actually doing it for that reason. What you're trying to learn is how do I be consistent in the making of my lunch five days a week for the next three months? And you really want to go into it with this idea of a learner's attitude. I'm really trying to learn what it takes to be successful. And that's why I'm really looking forward to my next catch up with my client because I want to, I want to talk to them about what, what have you learned? You know, what, how, how have you been successful? Because they're being really successful. And then as they move through their journey, it's that kind of idea of if I can learn to be consistent in this area, why can't I take it into other areas of my life? And it's, you know, I, I, one thing I've done well in my life is I've learned how to be consistent. You know, going back to my weights training, you know, like, like the first block was just learn consistency, wasn't it? That's what I talked about. You know, now I'm learning intensity and going to the next level with my training partner. So you're just trying to learn consistency. If you know you're that yo-yo person and you know that if you can consistently sit in good behaviors. Now you do want to choose the right behaviors, don't get me wrong. But if you can then learn how to be consistent, and that's why it's really important to learn. Okay, so like on the morning I had a late night before and I've got to make my lunch. How do I make sure that happens? Okay, it might be that you make the lunch before. So because you're trying to be consistent, you're going to find solutions to these problems. And that kind of learned behavior, then you can maintain once you've gone through it three months, but then you can take it into other areas of your life. Because people who tend to live lives in a place where they are achieving a lot or living in ways that they're really happy with. I don't know if happy is the right word, but they just maintain a good level in all areas of life. The one thing they do really well is just be consistent. You know, that's the one thing they do really well. They're not the yo-yo person. You think of somebody in your life who's fit and healthy and has been fit and healthy for the last 20 years. I guarantee they consistently do exercise so many times a week. I guarantee they probably plan their food so many times a week. They've, they've got these consistent behaviors they just sit in. And so while we want the benefit, and while that's be good if you can be consistent, you get the benefit, the thing we want you to focus on right now is learning consistency. So if you are someone who identifies with being that yo-yo person, I set a challenge to you. My challenge to you is to choose a behavior that's not too crazy, set some time frames and limits around it, five times a week to make my lunch a week, and then set a time frame, three months, and then do it. And with the idea of I'm trying to learn consistency. If you can do this, well, I think you'll learn some pretty important lessons that will keep you on track. So that's the main gist of today's show. Two things are, first of all, is sometimes our tools need to be used for different reasons. And if we can understand the value of why we need it at certain times, like mental health or running, we can allow ourselves to go to that place and not let the, 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 that activity actually pile on top of what we we're trying to avoid right now. And then secondly, consistency. Consistency is important for success. A lot of people just need to spend some time learning it. And if you can spend some time learning it and then be able to duplicate that moving forward, well, imagine where that will take you in your life. So do that stuff and you'll be that better version of yourself. Radio team, that's pretty much the episode done and dusted. Uh, what am I saying here? So, yeah, if you do enjoy this podcast, you can go to bemanjamesoz.com and become a patron of the show. Uh, anything else I need to mention here? No, pretty much that's today's show done and dusted. I just do want to share something with you, but I can't remember what it is. I had something genius to share with you. It's going to change your life and make your life amazing for the rest of life, but I've forgotten it. So... Sorry about that. <laughs> Imagine if it could. The silver bullet, eh? People call it the silver bullet um, 
people want the silver bullet solution. You know, and and the worst thing is, there's always that one person, isn't there? You know, the, the smoking one. The smoking one's really interesting. Um, smokers get a bit of a hard deal. Like, like, don't get me wrong, I don't think you should smoke. I think you're, you know, unwise to smoke. Um, but when it comes to smoking, if you look at statistically, smokers just die young. You, you smoke, you die young. You know, you do. It, it's it's just not like if you look at the health system, smokers kind of get a hard deal from the health system because they pay a lot more tax because pretty much half the price of a, smoke, a pack of smokes is tax. Um, and then B, they die young. So when we look at this, the health system, the people who cost the health system the most are people who live old. Basically, once you get to a certain age, your last few years are just really expensive on the health system. So, um, you know, and so these smokers pay tax their whole life, more tax than anyone else because they're paying so much for their smokes. Uh, they die young, so they don't really get the benefit of the, the health system that they're paid for. And there's all the social stigma around it as well. But there's all that, that one smoker who lived to 100. Yeah, you know, well, not everyone dies from smoking because there's, you know, my, my great auntie Joan, she lived to 100 and she smoked six packs a day. Now there's outliers, but it's not the, it's not the trend. You know, there's not a good justification for smoking. Most smokers are going to die young. It's a horrible thing to say, but it's just true. It's a, it's a, it's a behavior that has a massive effect on your health. Um, it's unfortunate and uh, it's sad, but it's, it's very true. And sometimes when, when we want to create change in our life, we, see, we only see the silver bullet. That one person who had that one epiphany that changed their life and, you know, they lost weight quickly. Uh, you know, like, it's just really interesting. It, but when we look at the real, when we look at people who have really changed in big ways, it's, it's pretty rare it's a silver bullet. It really isn't. It, it's, it's a long-term commitment to a lot of change and a lot of change of behaviours and navigating that journey and sticking with it, being consistent with consistency seems to be the word of the day. Um, really, that's what it takes. Uh, I remember years ago, and I've, I'm bound to have talked about this on the podcast and when I was at some stage. When I just started doing Ironman, there was a guy called Gordo. Gordo was kind of one of the gurus of the sport. He was a very good athlete, got like second Ironman New Zealand. Um, very good athlete, but also just a very intelligent man. I've actually had, I think I've interviewed him on the show years ago. Um, very intelligent man, a deep thinker. And uh, and, he's, and he talked about Ironman as a sport. And one of the things we get a lot in Ironman is... You get a lot of people what we call the one and done. You know, they just want to tick the box of that Ironman. So they maybe commit six months to a year of their life just to, to get to that finish line of an Ironman. And and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, it's there's nothing wrong with that. You know, like, it's it's a pretty cool achievement. But he, the thing Gordo said to me, which really impacted upon me, he said, the problem with the one and done person is they don't really get the lessons of the sport. They don't get the long-term life lessons that, Sticking an Ironman for five to you know seven years can really give you, and I I am someone who did Ironman for about seven or eight years, so I do understand those lessons, and you know that's kind of that silver bullet mentality. When you're looking for the silver bullet mentality, you're always just trying to find the the easy way through, so you're never going to learn the lessons, the lessons that it takes to maintain and sustain long term success in any year of your life. So while the silver bullet is appealing. Really, maybe just look at more a long-term path in, in the areas you want to develop yourself. So I don't know where that came from.
Probably because I said I was going to say here's the answer to everything, which I didn't have the answer to. Uh, anyway, that's this week's show done and dusted. If you do enjoy the show, oh, actually, one thing I do want to promote, my5kdream.com. It's my 5K running online course. It's basically, think of the My, five, my Couch to 5 app. Do you know that nine, nearly 90% of people who download that don't run 5K? It's pretty unsuccessful. And so I created a product called My 5K Dream. It's a it's it's not actually an app, it's a, it's a video kind of course, it has everything, it has me mentoring you, it has videos for strength, videos for yoga, injury prevention, running technique, it's got the program, it's got everything, it's really, really thorough, and um, the whole idea, it gets you running 5Ks in 10 weeks, and it's designed for people who aren't exercising, so if you're an exerciser, it may not work for you, but if you know somebody, you can send it send it to them now the great thing about it is it pretty much cost me nothing to put on place so what i've done is i've said you pay what you want if you want to pay five bucks for my foco dream you pay five bucks i don't care my job is to get you moving if you want to pay a little bit more to support me and support the product that's great as well and i appreciate that but my job is to get you moving so if you are somebody who isn't exercising and you want to get me to guide you along the journey of running 5ks and a product that i'm really proud of Go to my5kdream.com, or if you just go to bevanjamesiles.com, you'll see a link to my 5k dream. Jump on it. Seriously, it's a money back guarantee. Even if you pay five bucks and you're not happy with it, I refund you. I don't care. I want to get you moving. So check it out, my 5k dream. And, and actually, if you ask somebody who's listening to this and you're well above this, recommend it to somebody. You know, recommend it because success for me is do I help people change? And with my 5K dream, I think I can. Anyway, that's me. I'm done and dusted for this week. Thank you to all the patrons of the show, bevanjamesisles.com. Spread the word. Feedback on your podcatchers. Tell your friends about it. I'll be back next time with a guest on the Bevan James Isles Show. Keep being you.